0: Hello, welcome to the Armory Man podcast where we focus on being Christian men, how to grow in our faith, our strengths, our brotherhood, and our community. We are your hosts, Michael and Evan. Today's uh, episode, we're going to talk about a depressing type topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about death. Um, What evidence do we have if there's life after death? Uh, What the Bible says about it? Um, Near-death experiences or NDEs, that might be something familiar to some of you, um, new topic to others. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to be here talking about today with our good friend, uh, and our guest for today, Jeff, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, I'm Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I was born at a young age. Uh, I can get it cheesy as it goes. I'm a full, uh, I used to be full-time ministry at a church, which explains my cheesy jokes. And uh, I, literally, Michael's next door neighbor. Oh wow! Yes, I remember the first day I met him? It was July Fourth weekend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was out smoking. I said, "I got to meet this guy because I might want some of that." So. What were you smoking? I cigarettes. Uh, was it just it was just cigarette. Way <laughs> to put like me some on the spot or something. Oh yeah, it was a brisket. It was something. a brisket. Yeah, oh, okay. I was smoking brisket. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's Awesome. And cigarettes. Awesome.
1: So uh married. My anniversary is this Sunday. Yeah. June nineteenth. No, It'd be eighteen not... years. Eighteen Ooh. years. Congratulations. And thanks. It's been a joy. My wife's got the greatest smile in the world and light lightens up every day. So and I've got a eight year old son who's Brenner and he's a daddy's boy, so I love that a lot. Hey, that's awesome, yeah. man. Um, I've been a Christian since I was itty bitty. Eight years old, became a believer. And speaking of near death experiences, I haven't experienced one, but I've been close to death. Mm-hmm. We can d- define that a little bit, and that has um, definitely fueled my love and relationship with God.
2: So, your parents uh, were they believers? Since? Yes. Okay. So you always been to church?
1: Yes. Throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always went to church. Never missed a Sunday. Went to. Uh, church Sunday, Wednesday, whenever the doors open, we were there. And all my friends were at church um, and that type of stuff. So Small town? No, I grew up here in Austin. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Before well, it became two million people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right.
2: So uh, you said you had a close near-death experience.
1: Uh, explain that. So, Well, uh, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And in 2001, I was diagnosed with leukemia. And I was in the hospital when I got diagnosed because I thought it was something else. And I was so sick at the time, they had to immediately start chemo. And so Mm -hmm. two days into the chemo, I woke up one morning, I could barely breathe. And so uh, doctors were trying to figure out what to do and all that kind of stuff. And I actually had what I like to call an angel experience on top of that. Or there was a nurse that came in and sat with me, calmed me down, got me breathing some again. And I went back to try to visit her a couple times and nobody knows who she is. Oh, wow. So it's one of those. Yeah. That's amazing. And this was all at eight years old. No, this was at 2001 when I was 22. Ah, 22. And, uh, Did she talk to you about God or anything? No, she just sat in bed with me, rubbed my back, just kind of calmed Comforting. me. Yeah, exactly comforted me. Hmm. And so there was that. And then because of that, I had to be wheeled into ICU. And they basically said he has hours left. And I went to sleep and woke up a couple of days later. And-
2: so you went to sleep. Did they
1: perform any surgery? they sat and just waited for me to die my for those of you who know blood levels my hemoglobin was at like 5.3 which is they were just waiting for me to go into cardiac arrest at any moment Mm. wow so that's one of a couple of those like that so you woke up and then what remission after or more chemo no definitely more chemo for about four months then i had a bone marrow transplant Mm -hmm. which that's a fun topic we could compare to spirituality my blood type changed because of that and talking about how the holy spirit changes you and all that kind of stuff wow what yeah and my dna changed
0: oh my goodness sake
1: okay i have to do more research (laughs) on that i didn't know
0: that was a thing i did not know that was possible Mm -hmm. interesting okay (laughs) sorry
1: we got a little off topic no no no.
0: that's awesome any topic is a good topic that is amazing
2: interesting so four months and then and then what so eventually you went into remission
1: yes i moved to san antonio uh, when they do a bone marrow transplant, they give you chemo that's three times stronger than anything else. They basically bring you as close to death as they can get you. And so I lost 75 pounds through that whole ordeal. And then they put in bone marrow, which is not a surgery. It's like getting a blood transfusion. And it looks like Kool-Aid and, and it looks like um, red jello. Which but I
2: very painful though, right?
1: No. No? Okay. It wasn't that painful. Um But I won't ever eat those foods again. That's for sure. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. Oh, my goodness. No red jello. Uh, And so I had that in December 7th, uh, 2001. And we call that my second birthday because that Mm -hmm. obviously with all the changes that happens. And so I was as as of that moment, December, December 7th, I was in remission. And y'all were dating at this point. Then I hadn't met my wife yet
2: oh interesting okay so then remission what 2002 December
1: 7th that is my December remission
0: 7th. okay so the blood trans- or the, the, the bone marrow mm-hmm. oh my goodness that and, is amazing
1: wow. and they told me within the next two years there's a 60% chance that it'll come back and I've been in remission now 20 years and it hasn't come back insane. that's awesome
2: that's awesome so
1: how did you get into ministry? So a couple years, well, I've always been in ministry growing up uh, in the youth group. I was really involved, ran sound, that type of stuff at youth. But we also did this thing called Bible clubs and the students led the Bible clubs throughout the neighborhoods. And so uh, we started doing that and I understood more of what I believed because I had to learn how to really share the gospel and answer questions with kids if you gotta explain the gospel to kids, like you really have to get very, very <laughs> simple. Why? Yes. Why? Yeah. So um, I went through that and just kind of felt a draw to ministry through that. But that was the '90s, so I was wrestling between that and computers, which is more alike now than ever before. But uh, I just I went off to my first semester in college, going for computers, and my brother died my first semester on his birthday. And I remember wrestling with that, being angry with God. But that was the moment that mm. I felt God say, you can't sit behind a desk 40 hours a week. You've got to be out ministering to people. Mm. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. My, my yeah. life's not boring. <laughs> That's mm, for sure. I almost could write a book. Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: So how old was your brother when he passed?
1: 25. 25. Mm. 25 years young yeah what? pass passed from a drug overdose like mm. i wish he had a near-death experience but he didn't yeah
2: yeah i had a uh a cousin that died over heroin overdose mm-hmm. not that i was close to him but uh somewhat relate. yeah so sorry for that let's okay So you're in ministry, you preach the gospel for many years, and you are here now to talk about
1: near-death experience. I am. So define near-death experience. A near-death experience is one where you're actually declared dead after 15, 30 minutes. And that's clinically dead? Clinically dead, yeah. And that can be up to 15, 30 minutes, up to a couple hours Mm -hmm. that people talk about going and having experiences and coming back.
2: Which means no brain waves, no heartbeat. No. Cold. Nothing could be measured. They've done CPR. They've done all Mm -hmm. that. And
1: they've said, he's been declared dead. This is time of death. Mm -hmm. So
2: these people who have been clinically dead, die, have this experience, come back saying, hey, I went to This place of comfort and peace, or um, I've even heard of people coming out of their body and experiencing Mm -hmm. um, what has happened around them, not only in other rooms, but in the room that they are in. So I'm skeptic on this subject with people who have said that they went into heaven or this place of peace and comfort. But with the people who have had an outer body experience and can claim that they've heard a conversation or they can claim that they saw something that they can't even explain or anyone can explain mm-hmm. is very interesting. And I don't think we should dismiss that. We should always examine that. So the people... Who have had this experience how
1: can they have this experience Well, I would say I'm a little bit of a skeptic too but especially when I first started looking into this and part of it is their stories line up so closely and they don't just listen to the different stories like there's hundreds of stories out there about Mm -hmm. it and there's doctors who talk about things that patients die come back and they talk about experiences in the room that no one else could describe unless they were in the room Mm -hmm. and they were clinically dead. So as we examine the stories and line them up and then we don't stop there and just hear these stories, but then we compare it to scripture, descriptions about heaven, descriptions about God, descriptions about what they feel and go to scripture and say, does that line up with scripture?
2: So is there any cases that it might not line up with scripture?
1: There are cases where they don't line up with scripture. And so that can get into a whole nother topic on demons and spirits and messing with things. And that just kind of has thrown off into. Can you give an example of a situation where it can't even
2: line up with scripture? Like how can somebody claim that they had an experience but not, but it can't line up with scripture. So, what happened?
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of those times, most of those stories, they eventually come out and say they lied. Interesting. It didn't happen. All
2: right. Because uh, I've, I've been reading a book called uh, Case for Heaven mm-hmm. by Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel has written Case for Christ, and he was an atheist at one point, examined Jesus's life and trying to debunk his life that he never existed and came back uh, a believer because he couldn't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was factual that he he lived. And so just last year in 2021, he came out with a book called case for heaven. He has a whole bunch of other books case for this case for that. But uh, just last year on November, December, he came out with uh case for heaven and uh I like it just because he interviews doctors, scientists, and patients, and he talks to doctors specifically about the brain, but then about consciousness, that they are separated. So the brain is an organ, is the actual mechanic mm-hmm. organ of it. How we filter things, how we perceive reality, but consciousness is actually separated and it still continues on even when the brain has no, no waves at all to mm-hmm. measure. So we could tell that these people have clinically been dead, but yet have these experiences. I mean, we have machines that are hooked mm-hmm. up to measure this. How is it even possible that they can come back and they say, I've spent weeks in this one place? Uh, t- to me, that doesn't
1: make any sense. I've never heard of anybody spending weeks. It's The time is always not very long, mm. maybe up to the same time they've gone here on earth. But as we line up those stories and line up, I'll give you an example. Uh, the way this really got started was, or my interest in it got started, was our, the church I was on staff at at the time, joined up with about four, 400 other churches in the Austin area to do a series called once after ATX. And it was just about these near death experiences. And we showed videos of people who, uh, shared their testimony and we lined them up. There were certain things we'd look for in them, make sure they were scriptural and that type of stuff. And they talk about how God's love, they feel it and the colors are just magnificent Mm -hmm. and it's a whole nother experience that when they come back many of them can be disappointed for a while Mm -hmm. and that's
0: the study that we went through together right right? yeah and uh yeah there's about six videos where we kind of dig deep dived into each kind of segment of the topic and he's right the the there's a lot of cases where uh, they, we were sh- watching the interviews, if you will, um, with these people, and they all had the same story. Like they would die, they would go, and they would just be surrounded by warmth, and they would feel at peace, and they would have more colors in their vision than they could possibly describe, mm-hmm. like new like new colors. Now, these, <laughs> like, these are multiple people who yeah. have said the exact multiple something. people from all over the world at different times, not knowing each other. Not, I mean, right. they, not publicizing their experiences ever. It's not like they're in a group chat trying to exactly. say, hey, yeah. say this, say that. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: These are people from all over the world too. Mm-hmm. And one, another thing they talk about too, is a life review. There's a moment where they're with God and they see flashes of what all is happening in their life. And they talk about even in their biggest regrets, biggest since they were caught in, they still were overwhelmed by God's love for them as they saw that experience on screen. So, so scripture
2: says that we will die and then we'll be judged by God. But Jesus is our savior and we get to go to heaven because he had died for our sins now these people who have died and say that they had this uh, life reel or review is that scripture I mean not that that it has to be in scripture for it to happen
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because Jesus didn't have all of eternity to talk to us about all that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt. it I mean, we wouldn't even be here if he had to tell us every little detail that's what's going to happen. Um, but it's it's interesting. I don't know because I'm skeptic because I, I don't know if we have imagined this or that it is scripture or that it's really going to happen. Because I just found out that our image of God, or I mean, image of of heaven is actually not biblical. So we have defined that we die, we go straight into heaven, that it's going to be this wonderful place, which, of course, it's scripture, but we have this image of it, but in in scripture that we are asleep, that Jesus comes back Mm -hmm. and brings us up. We are dead in our sins and then we are raised in life. So, so, so it's, it going, going back, is it scripture to see this real of our life?
1: Yes, it's given an account and I believe it's Revelation. John talks about some of this um, that, uh, well, there's the great white throne for non believers, mm-hmm. often referred to. And then uh, we'll be measured, I can't remember the passages off the top of my head, right. but we will. Uh, be given a, a account of our life, and shown our rewards, and uh, eventually throw our rewards at Jesus. But uh, you see what things really mattered, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, it leads to a question too, because you see things that you're like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that." Right, right, right. right. Is there regret in heaven? Mm.
2: That's 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 a very interesting question. Uh, I believe that we have some type of feeling for the people who couldn't make it into heaven, um, but ultimately we know that Jesus has saved us and that we are in this place, and there is satisfaction in heaven there is peace there's comfort um do we have free will in heaven i definitely believe so uh, i mean angels have fallen in the past with mm-hmm. satan so uh yes yeah I, I believe so we 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 might have some type of regret especially during the the judgment period
1: For sure as and I encourage anybody to go to this website and watch the what's after atx.com watch some of those shows, but some of those testimonies. We'll put it in the notes as well. Um, They talk about experiencing a weird feeling when they see something that they regret of disappointment and love (laughs) there. I try to think of a life experience you can compare it to here on earth. Um. I mean, I mean,
2: look at the the woman at the well, or the—I mean, sorry—the the the woman that was caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus did not condemn her. I'm sure she regretted that. Looking at the face of the Messiah, um, she probably regretted what she did, and he did not condemn her, throw a stone, and he said, "Do not sin anymore." Um, so I, I kind of see that. I mean, that could be mm-hmm. an earthly. Um, Feeling, But I mean at the same time We should have free will in heaven so I, I definitely mm-hmm. There is some type of uh, Regret at first
1: Now let me ask you this Do you know of any near death experiences In the Bible?
2: Other than uh, John Recounting Revelation No No <laughs>
0: I mean technically Jesus died for three days. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> there's
2: there's a lot of scripture, uh I might be mispronouncing this, but Sheol. Uh a lot of Old Testament Oh Shool. Shool yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see therefore I didn't do my uh research on that. But uh there, there there's a lot of things that are said in the old testament. Um I just don't know of any near death experience, I mean, Paul, I mean, you look at Paul that he had a whole bunch of, uh, shipwrecks and all types of stuff, but I don't really see that as a whole near death experience outside the body of it.
1: Yeah. This is one of those. You have to kind of read into scripture a little bit mm-hmm. like yeah, that can be dangerous, but at the same time it can grow your love for God. Um, Paul is a perfect example of When he's stoned they think he's dead
2: Oh Oh yes So he gets stoned They walk away because he's he, They think he's dead He walks up and just leaves mm-hmm. Like If you read the scripture He just walks up And leaves As if Just dusted off and, 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 and goes on That's, that's insane I believe that was in Acts, probably mid to a little bit
1: towards the end Mm -hmm. of Acts. I could look up in Bible Gateway, but I don't want (laughs) to bore anybody. (laughs) Uh,
0: But wouldn't wouldn't Jesus die? I mean, he he died for three days. That would be considered a near-death experience, I would think. I mean, he died, absolutely, 100%. And came back. He was resurrected. So did he go to Shoal? Mm, no. He so probably this, went to heaven. This
2: place uh, called Shoal <laughs> uh, is ruled by Satan. It is the place in the Old Testament where it says everyone who dies goes there. Uh, could it be dies in the sin? I have to look that up. I have to do research. Uh, but it says that everyone goes there. Do people misinterpret this as purgatory? Good question. I, I, I think so. But this place uh, is ruled by Satan. I don't think it's Hades. I don't think it's hell. Uh, but Jesus overcomes it. He lives, comes back, and whoever believes in him will die, but then be raised with him um but it also says that we are asleep in first thessalonians Mm -hmm. uh chapter three i believe that we'll die we're asleep and we'll be raised and i've mentioned this to several people and they say uh i asked them what do you believe are we asleep or do we go straight into heaven and several people have said that, well, when you are asleep, doesn't it seem like immediately that you go into heaven? Or you 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 wake up. And I was like, That is a uh, good point.
0: Yeah, when we go into REM sleep and we're just out like a light. Yeah. You and yeah, you, up and you're done.
2: Yeah. You don't even know what the
1: time mm-hmm. time period yeah. of that. I, I think that's a good point. And well, I think the experience of death, um, well, our, what we believe will happen from go, how we'll get to heaven, like you said, of we'll, we'll, we'll die and then we'll just go up into heaven. That's an American thing. I mean, Americanized thought mm-hmm. from a standpoint of we don't want to suffer as Americans. And so that brings yeah. us comfort. And, and if we do that and there's, well, we do that also because we don't want to tell people at a funeral your loved one is asleep, right we want to give them comfort, right, which shows one of the big things about death is that it was never supposed to happen it's because of sin that we have death
2: so as i've I've been talking to a lot of atheists lately uh atheists have claimed that Christians or people who believe in heaven have made this up for comfort uh i've made this argument with them that it's really not comfort because we see the people that who do not believe and they get to be in hell for eternity and that's not comforting at all and then we also get to see our sins and how awful we are as humans that's not very comforting um but what do you think about the atheist claim that any believer of heaven has made this up for comfort?
1: It comes back to faith again. I mean, as believer, on our side as believers, we've got to believe that this is coming, but we can't prove it. You can't prove heaven.
2: Even with near-death experiencers? That is, that is correct. So can we trust near-death experiencers? Can we trust that they have been to the other side or
1: that they have had an
2: experience?
1: I think there's three things you can look at. One, the testimonies that we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. Two, the studies that have been done by doctors who have experienced this with patients and papers they've written on. They're in journals everywhere. You could, if you... Google it, you'll find some that where doctors talk about there must be a near-death or must be an afterlife because of what these people are experiences and they've witnessed them be dead and then come back in a different way. And third is just the number of people. This is not one of those one or two people here and there. There's a lot of these stories.
2: I think it's thousands.
1: Yeah. And like when we did the What's After ATX thing, we um, I can't think of the word. We searched out, we validated the stories as much as we could. We looked for certain things and saw if their story changes, we interviewed them numerous, as the company interviewed them numerous times. It wasn't just a one-time thing. They interviewed them and they told the story. There were several steps through that to make sure their stories, their stories still lined up.
2: So so walk us through that. How, how What was the process of that? So you see this, person that made a claim that they had a near-death experience and then what
1: well uh, my memory's a little rough but from what i remember is they just kind of put out a posting of if you've had any near-death experiences like let's talk they didn't say anything about christianity they didn't say anything about religion or anything like that they just put that out there and as people started pouring in they go through an intense interview an intense time of making sure they just weren't trying to become famous. um, And all that type of uh, temptations that come when you have an opportunity to do that. So what kind of questions were they asking?
2: Like, what did you experience type thing? What did you feel? Would you see type? Yes, that type of questions.
1: Census type of
2: questions. And they all kind of seem to, to line up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I mean they teams. interviewed. It's one of those where they interviewed an individual and then as they started interviewing individuals that started to line up as a group.
2: Mm. So they all have a similarity of this experience. And with Case for Heaven, Lee Strobel interviews scientists and doctors. Um, he mentions the, the, the conscious is totally outside the 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 brain. I don't see how it's possible that the brain is clinically dead, the whole body's clinically dead. But then the conscious still goes on then comes back saying I am totally aware of what happened. I mean some some of them had the outer body of experience where they knew what was around them um like they saw doctors and nurses doing CPR on them.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Right. And this, uh, Lee Strobel mentioned, he mentioned so many of them, but this one instance, this person had a, uh, a disease and they went under and, and then this doctor came in. The person's already under. It's already like he's not even conscious. This person, the, the, the doctor had a uh, spaghetti stain on his uh, tie. But he covered it up with his coat because he didn't want patients or family. He didn't want anyone to know, right? Um, So later on, he talked to this person's relative, I want to say sister, uh, saying, hey, this is the state of mind your relative is in, um, all this stuff. And when this person finally came back into their body, that person could say, you had a stain on your tie, mm-hmm. and I saw you talking to my relative, and you said this, and they said this, and I, I, I don't see how there's any explanation on how they even knew that.
0: It's it, it's your it's your soul, it's your consciousness, your ghost, so to speak. Like if you're dead, you're no longer in your body, and the only way to explain that is God. Right. I so, mean, so
2: consciousness has to line up with God, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I personally think it has to because uh, Scripture says God is spirit. Right. Well, what is consciousness? Even materialists and naturalist can't explain the difference between a brain and a conscious.
0: They can't explain that. Well, I mean, there's scientific definitions of it which is why we have the brainwave activity and why we right. declare people as dead and all that good stuff. But science doesn't always explain everything either. And and we've talked about that on numerous right. occasions. Um, it's just something that science isn't going to be able to explain. Like we're not going to be able to define it. But I mean, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's within us and the Holy Spirit isn't something that we can measure either. Um, so, I mean, if we're dying then that could be the Holy Spirit, like, trying to pull this out for a minute have us see what's going on talk give us a pet talk put us yeah, back in right. kind of thing like you be strong go back What whatever happens in that time you know we may not we may not are uh how do i say it? oh we may not are, uh be uh w- supposed to remember it right mm-hmm. we not um and, and sometimes maybe we do maybe maybe we are supposed to remember so that we can tell people and, and give our accounts give uh evidence that there is an afterlife uh that sort of thing um that's the only thing i can think of i mean faith in what the word says he says we're going to to heaven he says that these things are going to happen and we're always begging for evidence right here it is. mm-hmm I think
2: everyone wants to find um, the truth. I don't think everyone is looking in the right direction, right? I think everyone wants to find a, uh, some, some type of answer outside of God. A lot of people do. I just I'm curious to why Christians want to n- not believe in near-death experience. I mean, with me, I mean, I'm, I'm skeptic, too. I'm just curious to why we don't want this. Shouldn't we want someone to come back and say, Hey, I, I've seen heaven and it's,
1: it's for real. Well, maybe one of the things you talk about with it is, uh, what benefits do we get out here in these experiences? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something believers don't understand. Don't know. I mean, one of the benefits, I mean, we're supposed to have eternal perspective and that's all by faith too and we hear about these experiences happening and it gets us excited like yes it's real it's giving us internal perspective and it's pumping us up like that's one of the things that could really help with these stories another thing though but there's stories of people going to hell and coming back or having hell-like experiences
2: those are interesting yeah i've, I've, I've read a few of those those are very interesting and they're
1: scary yeah i mean and as believers, when we hear stories like that, instead of sitting there going questioning certain things, like that should inspire us to preach the gospel. Right. That's- not that
2: like maybe, let's say a, a skeptic is is not too sure that these people have near-death experience, went to heaven, that those are uh, real experiences, but the people who have had the experience of going to hell or having these demonic experiences, Um, whether you think they are real or not, this person thinks they're real. And for them to have this experience, um, very terrifying, very surreal for them. um, Do those experiences change those people?
1: Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Some of them come back and they start going to church it's not at that at that moment they become a christian it's not like they hear the gospel clearly they just know something's off and they don't want to continue going after it hmm. and so they start doing research and start looking into a lot of them just start the church because here in america churches you know what that is and that we're talking about spiritual things right um, and then through that there's they have conversations and come to be believers whether it's through talking with the pastor or through other experiences talking to the neighbor another believer shared it shares it with them
2: one of the things that uh, Lee Strobel mentions in the case for heaven is that um, the people who have genuinely had these experiences that we could actually uh, try to investigate um, these people have changed their lives. This experience have changed the way that they deal with people, That yeah. how they handle people. Um, they take that golden rule more into effect into their life. I mean, to me, even if make-believe, whatever the chemical that uh, gets in their brain, which to me brainwaves don't aren't even there so that's debatable but uh, let's just say that there's a chemical that is released when they come back their life has totally changed that they deal with relationships that deal with anything has totally changed I mean isn't that real yeah I mean that's gotta be real that how they handle a certain someone knowing that they went through something, to me, that's real. Not that the the, the the experience or they actually went to heaven or actually went to hell. Whatever the case is that they claim, um, the fact that they believe it and that it changes the way they handle situations, to me, that's real.
0: As 100%. I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, let's say it is God's love, that that amount of warmth that they explain throughout all these cases and, and, and interviews and whatnot, that warmth and that feeling that you've, the peace that they explain I don't think anybody can come out of that and still uh, on the other side and still be like meh i'm gonna go and destroy my body and od and i don't want to deal with any i mean on one side you know you're gonna want it back but on the other side like it's gonna change anyone no no matter how off the path you are it's it's gonna change you for the better in, in some way shape or form I
2: mean, I think there's, there's, there's also cases of people, uh, claiming that they went to heaven or whatever the experience that they've had come back into, uh, their body and the marriage that they've had, they've tried to explain it to their spouse. Um, they don't, the the spouse can't relate. They can't Mm -hmm. talk about it and it hinders their relationship with them. Um, that that it, it's a it's a negative thing that happened
1: to them, mm-hmm. but
2: it, it, I think it shows how surreal it is for them as well that it does affect their whole life at this
1: point. And I think one of the things we touched on earlier is how when people have these experiences, most of the time they don't have words to describe it. Right, right, like the colors that yeah, it's they
0: say it's it's beyond the rainbow. It's yeah. like it's beyond anything that they could use. Brand new spectrums of color. And as somebody that works with color every day in graphic design and whatnot, I can't even imagine yeah. <laughs> additional colors to the spectrum. Like, to me, it's impossible. and And, and the idea of these new colors is so inspiring <laughs> not
2: only do I hear a, a lot of cases that say about the colors but then they also mention with the colors that um, they're more in reality than reality yeah, so when, when they're here on earth that's very interesting how can you be more in reality than you are here on earth reality I mean it's something that's like beyond our even our thinking at this point.
0: It's uh it's perception. It's perception. Our perception of reality is what's here right now. We have nothing else. So right. if you experience this new thing, this this near death experience, and it feels more real than what you perceive is real. You're always going to be chasing that again, but at the same time, the only way you can explain it is more real than real, mm-hmm. because of your normal perception.
2: Mm-hmm. And they and they mentioned um, psychedelics. They mentioned mushrooms, LSD, all this, all this other stuff that you could take and have this quote outside the body experience. Um, An artificial experience. Artificial experience. (laughs) They uh, they mention this because it has to be mentioned, just because people's claims that they've seen uh, it it releases a different chemical than it is near death experience. People, and it's not even a chemical that these people with near death experience. It's nothing's even there. Right. Doctors, scientists. Can't even measure anything. Right. So uh, psychedelics, uh, any drugs can't even compare to it just because um, a different effect. Diff- everything's different. It just can't. It can't even compare to it. So very interesting uh, to, to do the research on it. Is, is it worth doing research on? I mean, uh, a lot of Christians are so skeptic on this idea. And a lot of I I even went to social media today about this topic can we prove heaven can we give evidence to the people who don't believe Uh, we could give evidence of Jesus of his existence without the Bible so can we prove heaven without the Bible all right so I got a comment and he said how exactly did he entered into heaven without judgment. Did God accidentally fail at security? Did God lie about men only dying once? Of course not. So those people must be lying. Do not be deceived by fanatical stories or experiences that contradict the Bible. Jeff, what what do you think about that?
1: Well, first off, we never said death. He said mm-hmm. near-death experiences. They may mm-hmm. have been clinically dead. That doesn't mean God would declare them dead. Right. Because we don't know. Well, God could have his own definition for what death looks like when it comes mm-hmm. to that. Um, so there's that. He, um, they didn't die in the first place. Mm-hmm. From what, through yeah, it's what, what they share. Death. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the other thing is God's security um so about God's security first of all they call it an experience and they never say the words heaven that's not something that they said they they may, went to heaven they had this experience and then they came back mm-hmm. they don't know if they were in heaven they don't know if they were in purgatory or something in between and to be honest we've talked about this we don't know what that looks like right uh, i mean uh, Look, for example, the Israelites were expecting the Messiah to come a certain way. And they obviously were not expecting him to come as a baby. Mm -hmm. So God could have a whole different experience for the death experience. Well, these Uh, these
2: people who have these uh, experiences say that they were overwhelmed with comfort and peace and that they uh, see this light mm -hmm. that gives them the comfort and peace. But in Revelations, it tells us about a, a city with a river that flows in the middle with like it goes into detail mm. what heaven would look like. So these people, some of them I don't know, very few of them will say that heaven, but a lot of them will not say heaven, um, but they have an experience. Uh, so as someone who doesn't believe had this experience, how, how could that be? Maybe is is God
1: giving them a glimpse of something that they could have? Yeah. It's amazing that they don't just come to Christ in that moment. It's not like you you come and experience this and then the gospel share with you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those of it's an experience you have and then they go back and then a lot of them start looking into it. Like, obviously, something needs to change in me. Uh, they start a lot of them here in America run to church because that's the first spiritual place you think of in America mm-hmm. when, you, mm-hmm. when that type of stuff comes up and they start doing research into it and many of them come believers through that and have conversations with other people but uh, yeah I think that's the big thing with the security uh, is knowing that they never said they got into heaven
2: right right I, I, nothing gets past God Mm -hmm. God is God. I mean, nothing could get past him. He's all powerful, all knowing. um, But he allows this to happen. Rather, they go into heaven. Rather, they have this other experience. Rather, they go to hell or this other experience. But he allows it to happen. And yet, we still have free will to accept it or not Mm -hmm. so these people who have this experience um, and then still claim that they're atheists do not believe in God nothing changes in their life it's all by free will Um, God can't force you to do anything therefore it's not love if he forced you to do anything so um, I, I can't say that they really had this experience, but they had something that they did have come back and they, their whole life changes. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny that these people with the relationships, they, they deal with it totally different. Um, how they handle things totally different. That's something that you can't dismiss. Um, but RC Sproul mentions this exact thing says, quote, It shouldn't shock Christians when people undergo clinical death and being revived back with certain recollections. I've tried to keep an open mind, and I hope that this interesting phenomenon will get the benefit of further research, analysis, and evaluation. Too many of these experiences have reported for us to simply dismiss them as imaginary or hoaxes. So, even him saying that there's just too many that are so similar to even just dismiss them as imaginary. I mean, there's just too many of them. You, you really have mm-hmm. to start investigating when they all match up, when a lot of them match up with scripture, um, when they recall things that can't even be explained when they're in one part and, and, and they're recalling something that they're not even near it, it, you can't dismiss that no. right? and he's trying to keep an open mind he's a theologian but yet doesn't want to say that this is true but we have to investigate mm-hmm. whether it is true or not we have to go back into scripture we have to study and say okay are you right? let me mash it up with scripture what did Jesus say? What did God say? So yeah, very interesting. A lot of people, a lot of Christians will want to dismiss this subject. I just don't think, even if you if you don't believe it, you shouldn't dismiss it. It should strengthen you to, to, to go back and study this. It should strengthen you to say, hey, you know what? I am right. Because this said.
0: First Thessalonians. Whatever that looks like. Because you studied it. And be honest with it, too. Don't just see something and attach yourself to it. um, And dismiss it that way. Right? Be honest with yourself. Follow it up. I mean, personally, at the end of the day, I I find it to be proof. I mean, we have this definition of death. Right? And when people hit that definition, (laughs) we bury them. Um, But in these thousands of cases uh, all across the world uh, god said you're not ready yet i'm not ready my plan is not done with yeah. you and sends them right back defying what our definition is there's only
1: one being in the universe that can do that Well, right. we, we like to limit god right and so when we see something that's out of control that we just can't fathom in our minds we just say no i'm god in a way we're saying no i'm god that just can't happen right, right right instead of thinking oh i'm not god and god's so much more bigger than me who mm-hmm. can do almost anything yeah as as someone who believes we have to
2: do research i mean if you dismiss something that remotely challenges your way of thinking um i don't believe that is right. I don't believe that is uh, Christian. Um, we should always be renewed in our own mind. We should always um, not lean our on our understanding, but lean on God's understanding. Um, and that's something that's that's hard. That's something as men we deal with pride that we don't want to be wrong. And I f- I find it with a lot of conversations with. Theology or whatever the topic is, a lot of men deal with struggles of being wrong. We don't want to mention that we're wrong. Yeah. But if we find out that we are wrong, that scripture does say one thing. I've had plenty of them. Um, I go that in some other topic, but uh, find out that I am wrong finds out that I'm not even weak. Find out I'm just stronger now knowing what scripture has said. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do have to mention Dr. Eben Alexander who has written Proof of Heaven with another doctor. He has claimed that he had a near-death experience. He went on um, multiple TV shows with... So I have to mention, uh, Eben Alexander, he went on Larry King a few years ago, uh, probably in the mid two thousands, uh, should be like 2009, 2010, uh, claimed that he had a near death experience that he goes into detail of being in this place with amnesia, not knowing his, uh, physical life that he's in this dark place that a uh, bright orb is coming down on him takes him into this peaceful comforting place with a whole bunch of he calls butterflies that he went on (laughs) and says that they um i won't go into that right now but that he had this uh, experience with an angel so and then he comes back. He claims that he had this experience. He writes this book, Proof of Heaven, when on these TV shows. Eh, but he's still atheist. Uh, should we always believe people who have near death experiences?
0: Absolutely not. Mm-mm.
1: No, you, you shouldn't. That's why we say, not just listen to the story, but as believers, we should take this to scripture and see if it lines up
2: mm-hmm.
1: does it line up with God being peaceful does it line up with uh, the light analogy does it I mean what all does the Bible say about angels does it line up with that mm-hmm. um, I think you just have to evaluate it and you have to look you have to look at it like Strobel is he's a journalist mm-hmm. and he looks into the evidence and sees what it says and if we're believers we believe the Bible is Our ultimate authority we should use that to define what that
2: is Right, right right i mean he even says that he went on to this wing of one of the the million of butterflies that he saw with this angel that turns out is his biological sister that he never knew died a few years ago anyway um but he says these these millions of butterflies are souls who have died waiting to go back into another body as a reincarnated um other people yeah and so that we always reincarnate when we die we we, we live we die we live we die and so, and so forth and he talks about larry king look it up um he talks about breathing in life and and exiting uh death and he says it's just a it's a thing that happens all the time. Reincarnation Yeah. Um, doesn't line up with scripture at all. Even claims he's still an atheist. It's just one of those things that I, I believe that are wolves in sheep clothing. That people will totally uh, move people in another direction, make them believe in something that's not even biblical at all, and as Christians, we've we've said this several times already, Like, we have to study. We have mm-hmm. to be in God's word to see what heaven is like. Obviously, what he experienced, he was in a stage five coma, which is a very deep coma. Uh, whatever he experienced is something. Maybe he misinterpreted it. Whatever that case is, does not line up with scripture.
1: Well, and it may, to be honest, it may have been a dream because there's no experience of feeling overwhelmed with love talks about a little bit of peace and that type of stuff, but it just doesn't sound like it's it lines up with everybody else's story. Yeah. It does sound a whole lot like an opioid high, (laughs) right? Right. right,
2: Exactly. Which
0: is something that they do give you in medicine too. So he absolutely could have been asleep. Mm I mean, at the end of the day and to kind of close this off, um, You know we have facts and we have scripture at the end of the day when you're hearing all these stories you know reach out for facts we die that is a thing that happens um and we have scripture that tells us what happens afterwards and we're not looking for these experiences to give us a new prophet and new facts and new new scriptures and things we should be taking them and applying them Uh, to the scripture and seeing what the scripture says and if they are real or not and and you know it's not even your place to judge them if they are lying um so i mean take it for what you will if you want to learn more about it go read it we're going to put all the stuff in the show notes that we were talking about today um and, and listen to the experiences it's it's awesome i i will say the 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 idea of the warmth and everything is is Wonderful sounding, and I hope to uh, (laughs) to experience the new colors one day. Um, But uh, yeah, do your own research, and and, you know, get into God's word. I wouldn't even say come to your own conclusions, but uh, read the Bible and and read what it says, and take the conclusion from that. Mm. It should have be a fun conversation with somebody who has had this experience. Absolutely, it should be fun. It should
2: be. strengthening uh, yourself exactly and, and knowledge
1: and, and death is a scary topic
0: and the whole idea on this is to, to get people to talk about it it doesn't have to be scary it should be celebrated
1: yeah and i mean as we wrap up i think the question you have to ask is you research into this and this is really any spiritual question but especially this one how does this fuel my love for god
0: yeah mm. absolutely mm. that's
1: what it comes down to everything we we do we study and all kind of kind of stuff as you get into the bible you're reading it to feel good are you reading it to grow your love for god so as you research this are you doing it to to win an argument or are you doing it to grow your love for god
0: hundred percent
1: and and if you do research you'll find that one in uh 25
2: people who uh they say that they have a near-death experience um if you are one of them um please look into scripture please look into what it's like in heaven um, if you have any questions, uh, concerns, please email us. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, Jeff is always probably available to answer those as well. I'm just, just going to ring my off. doorbell. Right, right. <laughs> but um, thanks for the topic. If if you have any questions or concerns, just please just email us. We'll we'll love to talk about it. It's a, it's a
0: fun topic. Absolutely. You want to close this out? Yes.
2: Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises that you said that you have died for our sins, um, that you raised to life, and that you will bring us into paradise, into a new Jerusalem in Revelation 21. Lord, just, just thank you so much. We are so sinful. We are so broken. But you have died for us even in those sins sins even in those uh, brokenness lord uh let us continue on studying your word let us be strengthened by your word it's only in your son's name jesus amen
0: amen, amen.